Welcome into the Rebound Rundown. Today is Wednesday, December 21st, 2022. I'm your host, Paul Fritchner, and this is produced by Chatterbox Sports. This is your Daily Digest college basketball show where you can get your info on Cincinnati area college hoops every Monday through Friday in short episodes. Thanks to everyone who listens on Apple and has left a rating. I've also seen a few reviews written. I enjoy reading those too to see what you like about the show, maybe what you want to hear more of. Thanks to everybody that's left the rating on Spotify, whatever podcast platform you listen on. Thanks so much for taking time out of your day to listen to this show. Yesterday was the shortest day of the year, so we're only looking up from now until the summer. And if you haven't looked at the forecast for this weekend in Cincinnati yet, let's just say there is a negative in front of the temperature. It's going to be a brisk one around the Queen City. I'll be joined by Adam Baum in just a minute to talk about last night's Xavier game, but first, let's start with Dayton, who was a 20-point favorite against Alcorn State and blew the Braves out of the water, 88-46. to Deron Holmes led the way for the Flyers with 23 points and 9 rebounds to go along with 3 blocks as well. Louisville played in a pick'em last night against Lipscomb, and the Cardinals regressed back to their old ways from three games ago. Lipscomb led by one at the half and went on to win 75-67, with Louisville falling to an abysmal 2-10 on the season. It's a quick turnaround for the Cardinals as they have to travel to NC State for their ACC opener on Thursday night tomorrow. Xavier won their Big East home opener 73-70 over Seton Hall, a team they hadn't beaten at Cintas since 2018 when Chris Mack was the coach. Sean Miller said after the game that Colby Jones was sick. He missed practice on Monday and threw up at halftime last night, but powered through it to score 16 points in over 35 minutes of action. I talked with the Cincinnati Inquirer's Adam Baum after the game about Xavier's win. Paul Frischner joined by Adam Baum. And Adam, you got to watch Xavier play tonight. You're furloughed this week, but you got to just sit in the stands and watch the game, maybe see it from a different perspective. What stood out to you in Xavier's three-point win tonight over Seton Hall? Well, honestly, I think the biggest thing that stood out was you saw them at Georgetown, and they won that game in such a very different way than the way that they won tonight. Tonight it was more, you know, they they really – it was about certain spots, and it was about, like, battling through a night when you weren't shooting at lights out like you were last time you were out there on the floor. And it was more about, like, hey, can we get some stops and, and I think that that, you know, Sean joked about this after the game, the fact that he still doesn't feel like they're capable of winning a game a bunch of different ways. It was a pretty funny moment. But I thought tonight was telling in that on a night when Jack Nungy struggled, on a night when Adam Kunkel struggled outside of that three, that big three at the end, like to be able to, to buckle down and get this one at home, I thought that that was definitely the most intriguing thing. Yeah, Adam Kunkel finished two for nine from the floor overall, just made that one three. Xavier was five for 20 from three uh, on the game tonight, and one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country regressed a little bit. Went from second to seventh nationally after tonight's game. But when you look at how the, the game played out, Adam, some of the guys that we've heard a lot about, Sule Boom had a quieter night, but Colby Jones had the flu, fought through it, had a phenomenal game, and Jerome Hunter came off the bench for a really nice game tonight. Really impressed by Jerome Hunter. And when you put that into perspective, the fact that, number one, Jack Nungy didn't play well, and number two, Colby Jones had the flu, 
that makes it even more important what Jerome did tonight. The fact that he scored 11 points. There was one possession here that I remember that I think he got two offensive rebounds on one possession and Xavier ended up scoring on it. Just monumental minutes from Jerome Hunter. I would I would wager that that's arguably the best game he's ever played in his Xavier career. Just between blocking shots, grabbing tough rebounds, making the right plays with the ball. I think he had one turnover. I don't have the box score, but outside of that turnover, I can't think of a moment where Jerome wasn't didn't look like he was ready and he didn't he impacted the game in winning in a winning way tonight. How important is it for a Xavier team that has struggled with depth this season to see a guy like Jerome come off the bench now consistently in the last few games and give them some of that production? Yeah, and and here's the thing with Jerome is that this is not the first time this year that he's looked good off the bench. With him right now, it's a search for, hey, can you find a way to do that every night? Because if you can, then the, the questions about depth get they get mitigated a little bit. They aren't as severe if you have a guy like Jerome who can come in and who can give you what he gave you tonight. And then on top of it, you know, you look at Desmond Claude. I thought Desmond struggled a little bit tonight. I didn't think it was – he didn't look as good to me as he has in some other games like at Georgetown. But – it's clear that the coaching staff believes in him and that they want to keep running him out there and giving him opportunities. And the more opportunities you give him, I think the more comfortable he's going to get in some of these moments. Yeah, no doubt. This is a Seton Hall team that Xavier hasn't beaten here at the Centos Center since February of 2018. Never beat them here under Travis Steele. And it sounded like in the postgame press conference and just hearing how some of the guys talked, that that was a point of emphasis, that they, they talked about it. It wasn't like, oh, this is just another game. They talked about it. They acknowledged it, that this was a game that they wanted to buckle down and win, and they got it done in the end. And, you know, the Cintas Center, the way everyone talks about it, the way it is to experience it, this should not be an arena where an opponent comes in here and beats you four times in a row on this floor. Like, to me, the fact that it even got to that point is pretty ridiculous. Um, but... It, the, like also, they were aware of it. They were made aware of it. They felt it. I think Zach Fremantle said after the game that, you know, he's only beaten Seton Hall in his college career once, maybe twice. So these are these are the type of games that I feel like, especially early in the conference season, you need to protect your home floor. And Xavier did that tonight. And I didn't think it was particularly close to to what. Xavier's best performances either yeah and you look around the Big East tonight I don't know how much you saw around the Big East but you see Georgetown take UConn right down to the wire UConn separates himself at the end but Marquette loses in double overtime to Providence a couple of very entertaining games outside of being here at the Cintas Center and you talk about the competitiveness of this league and winning a game like this at home for Xavier is so important to be able to start this conference season 2-0 and going into this Christmas break. You have eight days off now before a 9 o'clock game at Carneseca against St. John's yep. next Wednesday. You're on a six-game winning streak. So how much does that factor in, Adam, do you feel like, to, to what you've been around with this team and now an eight-day layoff? Where, where does this team stand right now? Well, I think the the clearest thing is that they have momentum. They should feel really good about themselves right now. And, you know, you look at what's coming up. Yeah, you get a little bit of a break. A guy like Colby Jones, he can get healthy from the flu, um, and hopefully no one else gets sick. But you you have momentum. And, and I think 
that for me, the biggest thing coming into this year was, hey, if you're a good team, if you're a team that wants to make the NCAA tournament, you go out there and you protect your home floor and you find a way to steal a few games on the road in the Big East. Well, guess what? You have an opportunity next week to go to St. John's, and St. John's is not going to be a pushover just because of the way they play, the style they play. We've seen it the last few years with Xavier, how much they've sort of struggled with their pressure and their athleticism. But you go out there, you win that one, and you can get to 3-0 in the Big East. You win seven in a row. And then, you know what? You get that UConn game here at home (laughs) on New Year's Eve. And it's like some of these chips are starting to fall into place. So I do like where this team is at. I think they have momentum. And and Merry Christmas for that, you know? Absolutely, Adam. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you maybe next week. We'll check in with you in between St. Uh, John's and UConn, which the win tonight, Marquette losing. Maybe yeah. we see a ranked matchup Did here. I see it correctly that Providence got 49 free throws and Marquette got 19? I saw was that. that was Twitter. that a stat? I did yeah. not see that. I, I, did mean, not. I should probably verify that before <laughs> I throw that out on your podcast. But I will give you a stat that won't show up on the box seat on the box score tonight. Xavier, I'm on furlough this week, so I'm not allowed to work. Xavier is undefeated when I drink beers during the games. Oh well. So I think maybe we get me a cooler up there in my press box. And I can just have fun during these games. I think what you're doing right now is you're pitching yourself to all the Xavier fans that are listening <laughs> to this to just beer. start feeding you beers that every not, time they walk by. I will more than happily take Clementines. I can't take beers when I'm on the clock. <laughs> Adam, I appreciate you doing this and joining me. Have a Merry Christmas, and we'll talk to you uh, after. You too. Thanks, Paul. Tonight, Cincinnati plays their last non-conference game before AAC action starts. They welcome in Detroit to Fifth Third Arena before taking an eight-day break. Detroit is 5-7 and seven on the season and has a good offense, 71st in the country, but they have a putrid defense, one of the worst in the nation at 328th. Their best win is over Charlotte, who is 106th, and they have losses to Florida Atlantic and Washington State, among others. The Titans are the seventh worst team in the country defending the three-point line. So I'll be interested to see if this is another one of those games where UC can really turn up the heat from distance and put together a solid shooting performance. The Bearcats don't play again until after Christmas against Tulane on the 29th. Northern Kentucky plays a very good Florida Atlantic team tonight. If you want to hear more about this game, I highly encourage you to go back and listen to yesterday's interview that I did with NKU radio analyst Rick Broering. He previewed this game in depth, along with some other things to look for out of the Norse. NKU is in Boca Raton with tip time set for 7. Kentucky has a chance to fix some things tonight against Florida A&M, a team that just played Louisville on Saturday. This is Kentucky's last non-conference game before SEC play starts, but UK will still have two games left outside of the SEC. The first, of course, is Louisville on New Year's Eve, and the Wildcats also have a game against Kansas at Rupp Arena on January 28th. Around the country last night, Providence beat a red-hot Marquette team that had just broken into the national rankings, number 24 in the country, Friars win 103 to 98 in double overtime. Providence is now 27 and 1 in their last 28 home games. Georgetown, yes, Georgetown gave number 2 Connecticut all they could handle, but the Huskies pulled away in the end 84 to 73. Number 22 Miami beat ACC foe Virginia in a thriller 
66 to 64 in Coral Gables. Number 11, Gonzaga survived a scare to beat Montana 85 to 75. And in the upset of the night, unranked Wake Forest beat number 14, Duke 81 to 70. Not many huge games tonight. TCU is at Utah at 9 Eastern. Michigan and North Carolina play in Charlotte at 7. And St. John's is at the Pavilion to take on Villanova at 6.30. That'll do it for today's Rebound Rundown. Enjoy your Wednesday, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.